The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys Training Camp in Oxnard, California. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it in for the touchdown. And now your hosts, Mickey Spagnola, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. As long as you live... Keep smiling because it brightens everybody's day. I thought I would start things off with a Vin Scully quote this morning. As we are on the West Coast in another edition of Talking Cowboys here from Radio Row and Training Camp 2022. Alongside Mickey Spagnola, Rob Phillips, and we, for the first time in the 2022 season, have Isaiah Stanback ready to go down there at the end of the table. Glad to have Isaiah back, but... Uh, gentlemen, we've got a ton to, to talk about in terms of this Cowboys team, but Rob, I want to start it early, early with Vince Scully passing away. I know this is a football show, but it is, uh, it's a big moment in sports overall. Even some of the best in highlights and lowlights of Cowboys Nation were described by Vince Scully himself. He was a hero of mine, and he passed away yesterday. And since we are on the West Coast, I think this is a great time to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, pulling back the curtain a little bit, we are roommates on this trip, yeah. roomies. And we were watching the Dodger game last night, and right when the news came down, and it was obviously a, a sad situation, and then just watching the, the post-game coverage and also the L.A. broadcast, I think it was the Fox affiliate, their 10 o'clock news, yeah. they spent 90% of their 30-minute show devoted to Vince Scully and his life. And that just, I, I mean, as someone familiar with his work, but maybe not his influence, I think one of the, net, the, the network anchors said he was maybe the most beloved man in L.A. Think about that. Like, think about this, that city and what he meant to that city. Mickey, what did you take from Vince Gold? You're a big baseball guy. All of us up here are actually big baseball guys. Isaiah played the game as well. What did you – what are your favorite memories of well, Vince Gold? when I grew up, they didn't have ten baseball games on every night. <laughs> we got the White Sox. We got the Cubs. That was it. On Saturday, there might have been a game of the week. Uh, but what I remember most about Vince Scully is he would do Major League Baseball All-Star Game and he would do the World Series. Mm -hmm. And so I remember when I heard his voice doing baseball, that meant something big was taking place, like the World Series. We didn't have three playoffs going on on each league. And, you know, it was uh, a pennant race and then it was a World Series. And... Uh, yeah, I can remember it in the back of my mind. I can he still hear that voice saying Willie Mays or Mickey Mantle or Whitey Ford. Uh, mm. And, yeah, and, and growing up, racing home from school in elementary school to catch, and people might not believe this, but they used to play the World Series day games. They were all yep. day games. And we would race home from school uh, to try to catch the last few innings as the game would start 1 or 2 o'clock uh, in the afternoon, and if we didn't have a reasonable teacher that let us listen to the game during school, uh, we beelined like it was the three-block dash to get home uh, to listen to Vince Scully. What are your thoughts? This is, I mean, 
obviously it's a, it's a sad moment, sad day, but he had a, I mean, he had an amazing life, 94 years. I mean, the amount of games, I think we were calculating it earlier, he probably it's called over 10,000 10, games. So the amount of wisdom, the amount of knowledge that he had, um, you know, the impact that he's had on, on people's broadcasting careers, you know, play-by-play, play, uh, yeah. is absolutely amazing. So it's just, I think everybody's blessed to have had him in, in their lives in some regard. Well, you know, sometimes we get out here, and Kyle, you're early in your career out here, but second real camp out here for yeah. you but just 67 years that that's he had in his job i mean he was baseball like his life was baseball that's yeah. really special not many people get to do, nobody gets to do that in their entire life like that well, or, he was or a, be good enough to last <laughs> well exactly it's a credit to him for sure no doubt yeah. about it and, and that's the thing is you you look at a guy like that as as a role model i mean i'm my aspirations line up with a lot of what he did I want to be a play-by-play announcer I want to be a studio host I want to do these things because I love it but I also love the sports that we're covering at the same time and the fact that he did all 67 of those seasons with the same team too it's unbelievable so uh, the passing of Vince Scully very sad for the sports world and yes I know it's a football show yes I know we're covering the Dallas Cowboys but I did want to get that out there because he was he was a hero of mine he's he's a role model and somebody that I strive to be like every day and I'll never achieve that and never get to that point, but at least I can try and get get somewhere close because Vin Scully was one of a kind. All right, let's do some news and notes, Rob. Since we've got four back up here at the desk, let's start things off by what the Cowboys did yesterday. Second padded practice, a walkthrough today. What else is going on in Cowboys Nation? Yeah, they're they're scaling it back a little bit today. They'll have a mock game. That's what Mike McCarthy calls it, and then they'll get back to work on Thursday and, you know, the, the biggest news, and we'll get into it a, a little bit later in the show, I believe, is the wide receiver position, the fact that they are content right now with the group they've got, mostly young guys. And I count C.D. Lamb as a young guy, even though he's the number one receiver on this team at 23, 24 years old. Um, that, that's something to watch as we go on here. You know, it's one thing to say it now. We'll see how things progress and whether they'll – uh, reassess that at some point. And they're dealing with some other injuries right now, nothing too serious. Uh, the backup tight ends are banged up right now. Jake Ferguson left practice early with a hammy yesterday, uh, which is, what, Tuesday? Yesterday. Yep. I'm losing track of my days. Uh, Jeremy Sprinkles <laughs> in a walking boot. He's got some Achilles soreness. Um, so it sounds like both guys are day-to-day, and they were careful with Jabril Cox's work yesterday coming off of the ACL that he's back from. And so look for him to be back in practice on Thursday, but they're going to be smart with him coming off an injury like that. Day-to-day, aren't we all? We're all day-to-day. That's a Vince Scully quote, by the way. I thought I'd sprinkle that in there. That's from him? It's an actual Vince Scully quote. I was looking him up last night. Uh, All right, Mickey, when you look at the tight end position, you've got a couple guys banged up. Mike McCarthy said it shouldn't be anything long-term. It shouldn't be anything of real concern. But we saw this a little bit last year when Sean McCune went down in the preseason, that it does tighten up your options in terms of the tight end room. Is that something to be worried about? Uh, no. In the scale of what i got to worry about, <laughs> tight ends ain't real high. Let's put it that way. Uh, I, I, you know, what Rob said about the wide receivers, I would worry more about that. Than, yeah. Look, coming into training camp, who did you think the first three tight ends were going to be? Dalton Schultz? Sean McEwen and the rookie Jake Ferguson, right? Yep. Uh, I, I didn't think Sprinkle, uh, you know, I didn't think he's going to make it. They're not going to keep four. And, you know, he, he's got – he's in a boot. Okay, he can't afford to be in a boot. 
he, he needs to be out there competing. So, yeah, no, I'm not worried about the tight end position. I'm a little bit worried about it, Mick. I am a little bit worried about it simply because of the fact they invested in this offseason, obviously, with the, with the draft with, you know, on Ferguson. And one of the main reasons why they brought Ferguson in was to assist in the blocking of that particular position. They want Schultz to be the guy to get out there and be that option, that check down guy, that mid-range guy for Dak. Um, the sure thing that he's been over the past few seasons. And they need another guy in there to be able to hold the fort on the, on the offensive line. And Ferguson's not out there. Here's yeah, a, they're, but they're, it's they're, a ham, right? I, I understand, but a ham at that position, right, being able to hold it down, being able to get vertical, whatever it may be, is very important. And the fact, regardless of what the injury is, he, to your point in terms of sprinkle, he can't afford to be off the field right now. Ferguson definitely can't afford to be off the field right now, when there's, especially when there's pads on. Yeah. There's questions about his ability to block. There's questions about his ability to be effective in that particular role at, at this level. He's missing these important reps. You're going to turn right back around next week and be in Denver. You're going to turn right back around and have competitive practices there, and then you're going to turn around and have a preseason game. Is he going to be able to have those reps? There's three preseason games now. There's no longer four, so he cannot afford to miss these reps. Mm. It is big to, to look at, and, and there are a couple injuries, not only with the tight end position, but, of course, we talk about James Washington. I believe news since our last show coming out in the middle of that that does require surgery on a Jones fracture on his foot out six to eight weeks. That's an injury that – does hinder the uh, the wide receiver position a little bit, and I do want to give uh, really that its entire segment. But, Isaiah, since it is your first show, yeah, I want you to give me the state of the Cowboys. <laughs> when you're looking at from a broad standpoint of things, you keep up with everything from all the way down to the minute details. Yeah. Yeah. But I want you to give me a broad look as you enter your training camp and, and what you've seen so far and, and what you're concerned about. We've gotten a chance to do this a couple times sure. talking about the state of the Cowboys. What is yours? It's your show. No. Go. Yeah, take <laughs> off. Go. Well, I'm going to hit you on the face with it. Okay, so we just, <laughs> we just talked about the tight end position a little bit. Obviously, the receiver position is what everybody's talking about right now. Uh, you know, Rob just mentioned that the Cowboys seen contempt at this point in time in terms of where they're at when, in terms of their depth at that position. I don't think that they should be. Because they, as comfortable as they might seemingly be, they're one injury away from it freaking hitting the panic button. And I think that you need to position yourself to not need to hit that panic button now instead of waiting until other teams have injury problems as well. And then they start going out there and grabbing the options that you may have once had. Uh, so I think that they need to strategically position themselves to be able to handle that position accordingly. Uh, when you looked at practice yesterday, uh, the second padded practice, offensive line pretty much got their butts kicked. They got mushed. It was equivalent of somebody putting their hand in your face and just, just, ah, all in your <laughs> face. That's exactly what happened to the offensive line yesterday. Um, but, you know, the defense was amped up. They were talking about, you know, the, bringing up the, the level of competition. So the defense is always going to have the advantage in that regard. Um, they will continue to figure things out. Uh, the one thing that I did see yesterday in practice was, was Tyler Smith. He looked really good. He looked patient. Right. I, for somebody that who's being who's being uh, touted as being a very aggressive, you know, kind of, you know, uh, groundhog type of guy. He did not seem overly aggressive. And that was something that I was very encouraged by yesterday with him being a rookie. He was very patient. He's letting the thing, the, the stunts and things of that nature come to him. The blitzes were crossing, coming across to him. He stayed in his lane. He didn't go chasing them, turning his shoulders, creating a run through lane. So that was very encouraging. Defensively, I thought it was, they were very competitive. Um, it was very interesting to see some of the sets and things that they were doing scheme-wise. 
um, that they're testing out, you know, in terms of three mm. safeties and some of these other things. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see that defensive line, how that front's going to come through. Um, I think seeing Ridgeway and Hill on the defensive line together, that was encouraging to see. Seeing some big, some big nasties up there that allowing Vander Esch, Michael Parsons, allowing them to do what they do best, which is shoot the hole or simply go sideline to sideline. So uh, overall, very encouraging, aside from the kicker position. But I'll let Mick tear that <laughs> apart. You know, it's interesting. <laughs> he can it's have interesting. it. He can have it. <laughs> interesting you said that about Tyler Smith. I was talking to somebody that had been in the league for years and years, and uh, he liked Tyler Smith coming out of the draft. He thought uh, his, his one fault at times was he tried to be too aggressive, mm -hmm. that he yep. wasn't patient, that he wanted to attack. Yeah. And he said, you know, when he goes and plays the guard position, if he starts playing that with his same mentality, yep. he's going to have problems, yep. right? And he's got to learn to be patient, have his sets, and trust himself to, that he's strong enough to play inside. And, I, and he, you're right, he, he was patient yesterday. Yep. And I thought that was encouraging. I was watching him on the combo blocks when they were mm -hmm. doing that drill. And, and he was right on. Yeah. And, and that's usually – tough for a young guy especially right when you're playing tackle yep. you, you're, you're you, there's not too many combos but when you're at guard yeah, there's a lot. a lot of combo blocks right and he was he was doing a good job of okay i got this guy and then he knew where to look next because yeah. a lot of times they don't know where to look yeah, right discipline for sure so yeah. i thought that was yeah that 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 was good yesterday and the biggest thing one the biggest knock on him maybe coming out was all the penalties that he had at tulsa and i think that, and that's a large part of probably his aggressiveness and, and, and some of it, you talk to people around that co that evaluated him coming out was, it's not so much he's getting beat. It's not really that at all. He's beating guys, beating the hell out of guys, basically, is what happened in college. Um, I have not seen him get a penalty in practice yet. There have been some penalties out there, some defensive holding penalties in, in those situational two-minute stuff yesterday, um, but not from Tyler Smith. He is off to a good start. So I, is he – oh, go for it, man. I was going to say, and the other thing – my guy told me, and he said he had talked to the coach uh, at Tulsa, was that he, he, he had trouble with his left-hand placement. I know this is probably getting too technical. No, this is That he stuff. would get it out too wide. wide. And then guess what the, the, you know, the guy in the line of scrimmage goes, oh, he must be holding, right? He mm -hmm. said all he's got to do is make an Tied adjustment, it get it inside, and, and, and he'll, he'll be fine. And, and I think that had a lot to do with those penalties. The other thing is, when you're so aggressive sometimes, you're not satisfied with just blocking the guy. You want to just pancake him, right? You want to throw him to the ground. Yep. And, and I think at sometimes, you know, I know Connor Williams had a lot of penalties, but he would do the same thing. Exactly. He would make his block, yep. and it's like, okay, fine. But, no, now he wants to throw. And as soon as they see you throw somebody to the ground, well, you must be holding. Yeah, and it, they don't see the initial block. So I think if he, he tightens up on that – I think they got something there. Yeah, and to not look over the points that you just made, make one of the things, you know, going back to like a Connor Williams. Connor Williams at times did his job, but to your point, because of his, the thing that made him good in college, made him, you know, okay in the league to this point, was his aggressiveness, right? So, but that over aggressiveness, when you put that over in front of it, that now turns you from being squared up with somebody to all of a sudden now you're turning your shoulders, right? As soon as you start turning defense alignment, you start getting penalties. As soon as you start turning defense alignment, there's run through lanes, right? So that overly right. aggressiveness can be at your demise if you allow it to. Um, and that's what's one thing that we're not seeing with Tyler Smith so far. So that's 
why we're saying it's encouraging. Yeah. Was is he the most encouraging part of practice, offensive line wise, yes. that you've seen? Because <laughs> I mean, you mentioned in a moment ago, you said ah, or whatever yeah. it was that that <laughs> the, the, the defensive line did yeah. to the offensive line. Is he the the bright spot to this point? Because it it looked like they had a rough day yesterday. From what I saw, from what I saw. But the thing is, this is camp, right? So camp, you're gonna have days where the defense comes out and they just look like superstars. And then guess what? The offensive line is gonna go back and they're gonna go back. Coach Williams is gonna put on that film. He's gonna highlight some things. He's gonna tell the guys to relax, trust his check, trust the schemes, trust the guy next to you. And then the next pad of practice, the offensive line just freaking runs these guys into the doggone goalpost. <laughs> so it, it's the back and forth, and that's what makes camp so competitive. And that's why. Now, you know, over the past probably 10 years, you start to see teams start to practice a lot more against other teams because you only do that so often before you start figuring out what each other are doing. You mm-hmm. need to go do that against another opponent. There was some good back and forth to Isaiah's point. You know, there was a play, you talk about the uh, kind of like yeah. a swirly or something, where Tristan Hill is. <laughs> Mick's the only one that hasn't done that yet, so we got to get, <laughs> get Mickey. Go ahead, Mick, go. go. <laughs> no, uh, I'm listening. <laughs> okay, okay. Tristan Hill, who had a great practice yesterday, yes, by the way, and he's, ha- he's off to a good start. He met Zeke at the line of scrimmage and just stopped him cold mm-hmm. right there. Next couple plays, some nice runs, some nice seal-offs for Zeke and for Tony Pollard. So, I mean, there's some back and forth, but I I agree with you. I think the defensive front, and you could hear Mike McCarthy. He didn't say specifically about the defense, but he liked the physicality, and he liked how guys were flying around yesterday. I think it spoke more to the defense than the offense. Yeah, except for the two-minute drill when they drove right down. Dak did a nice job, and they they cut it short. you've got to play football. Yep. A lot of these times when we see this – the defense knows it's a run drill, right? you got to start calling plays to counter what the defense is doing. Yep. And they're really not doing that. They're calling plays because they got to practice this stuff. And a lot of times, you know, okay, this is throwing session. And they know that, so yep. they pin their ears back. Or this is running session. You're, so, playing, you're playing the period. Right? Yeah. And I'm sure guys do that, absolutely. right? They know they what's coming. <laughs> they absolutely right? do it. And, and, and so, uh, but I, I like that both sides, I like the speed of the practice. Yep. Um, they're trying to get in as much as they can in their limited time that they can have the guys on the field. You know, they get a two-minute break. That's it. And it's two minutes, right? Yeah. They got the clock going. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I like the pace of the practice, and, and I thought the intensity was good. Uh, you hate to see the early, uh, the early injuries, um, but as Brad Sham has said, every year we've come to training camp, we go to training camp to see who's going to get hurt. And right away we saw two injuries that you didn't like. Nope, not at all. And that's going to segment us into our next segment. How about that, Mickey Spagnola? Mm. When we come back, what has Rob concerned about the wide receivers mm. top to bottom? Mm. We'll figure that out. We'll get Isaiah's <clears throat> take. We'll get Mickey's take. When we come back with more Talking Cowboys. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. 
Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Little sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper is on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a broken traffic light. Stop and go is the name of my game. It's easy. You go, they go. What was it? They go, you go. <laughs> and if you have the wrong car insurance, these repair costs could stop you in your tracks. So get Allstate's new low auto rate and be better protected from mayhem like me. Not available in every state based on coverage and limits selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Back to Talking Cowboys. Are you a Cowboys fan who spices up the game? Make sure to nominate yes. yourself or, oh, okay, nominate yourself or others to be the <laughs> Cowboys fan of the year presented by Captain Morgan and win a trip to Super Bowl 57 in Arizona as your Dallas Cowboys take on, <laughs> I don't even know, an AF, oh, I'll say the Buffalo Bills. Nominate today at DallasCowboys.com slash fan of the year. I would pay to see Mickey do a Captain Morgan pose. <laughs> Do we I have would, a chair? I, I, would pay, I mean, here, come here. I would, I would pay to come here, see man. this. I Put some money this. in a pot. I'll no, start. No, no, come no, here, man. No, I'm come not on. getting up. You're no, not going to get up? No, no, no. no. <laughs> you don't want we're not, to? We're not, we're not posing. It's <sighs> like my cheeks are comfortable. Oh. I mean, we can make it happen. <laughs> my cheeks are comfortable. I just broke I just broke my chair. All right. I'm going to make this happen before camp's oh, over. We're going to put mean, it out on Twitter. Oh, okay. That would be legendary. Because you don't have Instagram because you don't need Instagram. That would be legendary. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make this happen. What do I need Instagram for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, glad to be back here at Talking Cowboys, having fun. What a time. We're only halfway through the week. We've got plenty of Cowboys stuff to talk about, so we can have Mickey do a Captain Morgan oh. post. Can we get the hat, too? <laughs> Text message. we got fax machines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all Instagram's right. a happier place, oh, Mick. God. It's happy. Yeah, it's oh, just yes. people aren't mad is on it happy? Right. Instagram. See, and I'm not happier really on Twitter. Twitter. I'm not really on Twitter like that. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Much, I'm much more Twitter on Instagram is, than on my Twitter. Twitter is a bad place it's a lot, lot of the man. times. It's too much. Yeah, Instagram is not much better, though. I've used it once so far. Yeah. <laughs> Your bike adventures. I know what's coming. Yep. We're going to make Mickey's Bagnola on Instagram oh, by the end of this show because he doesn't need it. Too much fun. Rob, what has you concerned about the wide receivers? Yesterday, you and I were having a conversation and basically you were like, I want to bring this up on the show, but I'm a little concerned. Sure. What has your concern? Well, Isaiah hit on part of it. I, I think I think there's there's a middle balance to have when you're talking about this situation because I think there's a lot of fans that are like, why the hell aren't they doing anything? You know, you just yeah. lost James Washington, Michael Gallup's out, and there's a lot of unproven guys behind CeeDee Lamb who's stepping into a new role. I get it. There's another side. I think there are some fans that are like, look, it's August 3rd. Okay, if it were September 3rd and you don't love what you're seeing at practice and in preseason, then maybe you go make a move. It's very, very early. But I think there's two reasons why they've got to have some level of concern. One, Isaiah said it, you're one injury away. We were at practice yesterday in that late two-minute drill 
where and Mick mentioned it, Dak was good in that drill. He was, I think, five of six, got him in scoring position. One of the catches was the CeeDee Lamb. Yep. CeeDee Lamb goes down, and for a second, Brad Sham and I are like, oh, what, what, what's wrong with him? He got hit in the bread basket. Oh. Yeah. He's all right. A couple, yeah. couple minutes on the ground, he was all right. But that was a reminder, if, if CeeDee Lamb – pulls a Jake Ferguson and winds up with a hammy pull, where are you at your receiving core right now? Hmm. Because of because of the inexperience. Not saying there's not talent. Unknown. But yeah, a lot of unknowns there. The second part of it for me is when you when the season starts, Michael Gallup's gonna be back at some point. He doesn't think it's gonna be week one. Maybe it's sometime in September. Even when he's back, he's, he's gonna be a huge addition to this offense, but is he gonna be sixty plays a game, Michael Gallup? They're yeah. gonna to have to ramp him up a little bit. I don't think it's fair to him to expect him to come back and just be the guy with C D right off the bat. So they've got to have somebody else to step up. And, you know, it's very possible that James Washington is gonna start IR or the C, the regular season on IR after a day on the active roster. We'll see. They will sign a wide receiver. They're just telling you that now. Yep. It's gonna happen. Have to. Uh, you would hope so. The, the one thing you don't want to do at this point is say, oh, my God, i got to sign a wide receiver. Well, the wide receivers know that, and yep. they got their hand out, right? Yep. Okay, pay me, right? Number two, some of the guys that they're interested in aren't ready to play football. Yep. Would you like to sell, sign Odell Beckham Jr.? He's not ready to play football, right? So don't bring him in, and then he's going to sit the first month of the season too. Uh, number three uh, – and Isaiah can speak to this if he wants, but there's some veteran guys out there, uh, and I looked, and most of them that you would hire are in their 30s. Yeah. You think they want to go to training camp? Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. Yeah. Alan Hearns, Deshaun Jackson. Uh, these guys don't want to go to training camp. Yeah. So, again, and then the, the fourth point is how much you want to spend on this guy. How, how much money? Because I started looking at what some of these guys made yep. last year, and I was shocked. Will Fuller, one year, $10 million guaranteed. T.Y. Hilton, one year, $8 million guaranteed. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, who is 35, by the way, one year, $6 million guaranteed. So I'll guarantee you, I know those guys are out of jobs, and I know they realize it's August 3rd, but they're going to want that kind of money. I know you got $20 million under the cap available, but take $8 million out. And then you're sitting there going, you know, I need a backup offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Now, what are one of these guys on a one-year deal going to come in? Riley Reef just signed with the Bears uh, for $3.3 million one year, but he's got $4.5 million in a bonus if he plays 10% of the snaps. That's seven and a half million for that guy. So, and, and who knows what other position? You know, you may have to. And I don't think there's anybody out there to spend money on a kicker. But you may have to spend money on a kicker. I hope you do. So all of a sudden, <laughs> that all of a sudden that twenty million starts disappearing real quick. And especially if you react right now, so they're going to say we're going to look at the young guys. We want to develop them. But they know darn well that. Michael Gallup might miss a month. They know darn well Washington might miss a month. And they're not going to go into this season with C.D. Lamb, Jalen Tolbert, 
and Noah Brown is your top three wide receiver. Oh, no, that's that's why they need it. That's, that's why they they need a short list, and you know that they have it. You know that the yeah. Joneses and Will McClay have it, but they're. My, all I'm saying is they've got to be ready for that, and, and I think that's what they they were ready in 2016, and this is a bigger deal. But when Tony Romo went down, and they said we like Kellen Moore, yeah, and Kellen Moore breaks his ankle, and then Dak Prescott, the rest is history. But but that was a situation where they said, hey, we'll we'll take a look at our. It's early. Let's take a look at the guys we have, and and we'll see. And that's I think that's that's where it is. We'll see. But yeah, there's got to be at some point take a look at at, at getting some help in here. Well. What they say and what they do sometimes is not the same. Correct. Yeah, well, we've seen that plenty of times. Yeah, there's got to be some smoke out there. you got to put some smoke out there to distract everybody. But the reality is this is a need. Yeah. This is, this is not a want. This is not a, uh, oh, maybe. This is a you need to address this, and you need to address it quickly. Now, Mickey just made some great points in terms of what these guys are going to require financially, and you don't really want to commit to that when you really just need a four- to six-week lease on some of these guys. Yeah. That's pretty much what you're asking for. You're asking for an insurance policy. and you, you, This is an insurance policy that you're going to utilize, but you're not going to utilize it for the whole year, right, unless you absolutely have to. So these guys are in a very – Bad position. Let's just call it what it is. Okay, they're in a bad position right now. This offense needs receivers. Dak needs receivers. Ferguson being down is a bigger deal. I know I'm talking about receivers, but Ferguson being down is a bigger deal because what these guys want to do offensively. They want to be a two-tight-end set team. That's what they want to do with the ability to have three receivers out there when they want to. But ultimately, they want to get that running game going again. They want that old thing back, like Stella, okay? They want to let Stella get her groove back. They want to run the ball, and then they want to be able to throw this thing around when they need to. So they need not only Ferguson to be back healthy and get these reps at at that uh, tight end position, but at the receiver position, if something goes down, it just takes something very minute, very minute, hamstring pull, you're out four weeks. Four weeks with a hamstring pull alone. Right, I've, I've had a, a traumatic foot injury that I came into the league with when Dallas drafted me. I had the Liz Frank injury. I was out 9 to 12 months, right? But either way, a foot injury, you're dealing with somebody who runs full speed and has to plant and change directions. Yeah, That's going to be something that takes a little bit of time to adjust to, not only with James Washington, but also with Gallup. The so, other, oh, one more thing. The other thing they may be looking at as an option, too, is, okay, it's August 3rd. Like we talked about, there's three preseason games. There's going to be a final cut down around the league at the end of the end of the preseason, end of the month. All right, there may be more options that come out. And like Mickey said, maybe options that come out there that don't want X a million amount of dollars for, Isaiah put it, you know, sure, a short yeah. amount of time. So maybe you, this is a chance to just evaluate and see what you got. And maybe guys step up. There are guys that, have, that, that legitimately have caught their eye. Yeah. And Noah Brown is off to a great start. We know about him. This is his sixth year in the league. Dennis Houston is a guy yes. uh, that is that has stood out. So there, there's some other guys. Obviously, Jalen Tolbert's looking like he's going to be a starter week one. Yeah. Did, so, did you notice Houston got more snaps ton. yesterday with yes. the first game? Yes, he did. And was trusted. Right? That's right. His that's actually threw that's, the ball to him. That's yep. one thing that I that I pulled away from yesterday that I think I was telling, telling Kyle while I was watching it. Yep. Um, not only was Dennis Houston out there with the ones, right, but number four trusted him and threw him the ball often. Right. Right? And, and completed it often. On on a flip side, okay, there's a dude by the name of Simi Fajoko that was out there as well with the ones as well. But when he was open, the ball didn't go his way. So it was very went his way whenever Cooper Rush was that quarterback or Will Greer was that quarterback. And I saw him make press catches, by the way. He made, he did. He made, he made catches, a couple but, plays. But for you to be out there with the ones and you to actually be open and the QB1 doesn't go your way with the ball, it's very telling. So if you bring in a veteran now, then all of a sudden – 
the young guys get pushed back, sure. right? It's a chance to see them. I don't think they're relying on them, but I think it's a chance to see them. T.J. Vasher, right? He, he That's another name. Once yes. a practice, yeah. he makes guy. a catch. You go, oh. Okay, I, I I get it, but the thing is, everybody's in kind of relaxed mode right now because they're like, it's the first week of right. camp. Camp's not that long. I yeah, was, oh no, <laughs> I, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you on that. But the guys that they would bring in, I hear you. It's not like they're teaching them to play football. You're bringing in a, a ten-year, eight-year veteran, Facts. right? Right now, and and this goes back to Rob's point that started this conversation. It's August third. It's not September third. But to Isaiah's point, at the same time, it takes one play. It takes one injury. Oh yeah, oh, and yeah. then all of a sudden, yeah. but then you you're bring not the, only then you're you not bring only the guy in for August third. You're you're affected for September third. But so then you bring the guy need, in. I get it. I, I understand on both sides of this the the balance that needs to be had. You're trying to grow young talent because it's cheaper, it's more efficient, and hell, the guys can use it. I mean, you can utilize deep wide receivers, and you see that every single day. I mean, half the guys Kyle we talked about aren't going to make this team. Okay. Very true. At Very wide true. receiver, it's a good point. right? Because they're only going to take six or seven, right? There, there's a saying that goes that's, that's going Maybe around. five. Maybe right? five. Well, you might have to keep. Mm. Well, here's what's going to happen. So here's the other <laughs> thing that's going to happen. So with with James Washington, they got to see where he's at yep. come the final cut. Yep. Because if he's close, then you say, okay, I'll carry him on the 53. Yep. Right. If he's not. You still got to carry him on the 53 before you can put him on IR for four weeks. Yeah. And and the same thing with Gallup. Do you want to put him on Pup? Then he's got to miss four weeks. If you think he's close, then you say, okay, I'll carry him hurt for two weeks, but maybe game three he's ready to go. So those are things that, that will also <laughs> factor into these young guys making it or ending up on the practice squad. The other option here, and I'm, I'm speaking more when the season starts, assuming you don't have MG and you don't have James to start the season, this may be an opportunity for Tony Pollard. And I'm not saying as, as a guy to line up out wide every play, but this is our mailbag question yep. this morning. Really good one, too. A, ch- a chance for him to be just more involved and, and just a space player that you have to account for on the field. And, and I know, Mickey, I know you don't want – Zeke not getting his share of carries. I'm not talking about no, that. I'm talking. The, I'm talking about being a utility yeah, guy out there. Put him in the slot that teams have to account for. And he's a guy. Yes, he's not a wide receiver, but everybody wants to see more of him. And there's a, here's a chance for him maybe to be more involved in this offense if they need help, yeah. gaining getting touches to guys who can make plays. Mickey, if you were in the GM shoes, you were making the decision when slash if. You decide to, or I guess, would you sign a wide receiver? And if you did win, when would you do it? I would sign when, like I was told, they've got guys they like, but they're not ready to play right now. So when they're ready to go, I'll sign them. Uh, You know, and and that comes down to, well, somebody else can beat me to the punch, right? And they sign them ahead of me, and you go, oh, shoot, I should have done that. (laughs) Uh, I just don't think you rush into it. They know what they're so you're what, saying what maybe they're up against. two, three another weeks down week the line. or two. Okay, yeah, okay. And, and but they're going to bring somebody in. I guarantee you that. Rob, they just don't want to show their hand immediately. Yeah. No, I I agree. I I, I expect something to happen at some point because I, it, I this is not a situation where the two guys who are hurt right now, you're not counting on them for week one. Yeah. So it's it, this isn't just a get through training camp deal. They're going to need help when the season starts. Well, let's so do at this. Some, some, unless somebody just yeah. continues to Two just receivers. absolutely ball out. 
you know, like Dak did in 2016, and you feel like, oh, we're good. Yeah. Unless that emerges, then Dennis no. Houston comes out but with so, 150 you know, I said, yards I, I, each I, game. Read, I read all those guys' names and what they made. Yeah. Who do you want to sign? I would take T.Y. Hilton. Doesn't necessarily. Contract, yeah, it doesn't mean well, that they're going to get that now. But who yeah. do you want? We keep would, saying they I mean, got to bring somebody in. I mean, I would look at a T.Y. Hilton. Okay. He's had a good I career. Of, I like the idea of maybe waiting for cut downs to see if somebody on another roster, a veteran on another roster, doesn't make the cut, and then you've got more it's options. Too, you have a bigger pool of paper. To so there's, so T.Y. So I, I, I understand that. So there's two things, right, that what you're talking about in terms of waiting until, until guys get cut. Yep. Guess what? Everybody else is waiting for those guys to get cut as well. You're right. Point. Okay, so and what Mick's talking about in terms of – these guys with their hands out, right? If you're yeah. going after right now, well, there's a there's a saying right now on, on the streets, Mick, and it's called this price. The price just went up, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So if you wait until down the road where your back's up against the absolute wall, guess what? The price just went up yes, because you're more you're more dire to make a signing. So if you grab these guys now, some of the guys that are available, if you grab a guy now, you're in a better situation, not only financially, but you're in a better situation because that's, guess what? Going into the season, these guys understand the playbook. You're not limiting them on what they can and can't do when they step on the Good field point. and their contributions to your organization. What would you do then? Would you sign somebody right now? Absolutely. Okay. T.Y. Hilton, 32. Yep. Played 10 games last year because he dealt with injuries I all need year. five. And he had 23 catches. I, I understand that's 23 more Carson, than Carson Wentz and, was the quarterback. And I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Everybody had 23 catches. But, but I'm saying – a lot of these guys. It was a very run-heavy offense. Of all these guys I looked at, you know who had the best I mean, year Will last Fuller, year from, from catches? Cole Beasley. Yeah, Cole's a beast, yeah. yeah. Now, he's not going to swallow his pride and no. come back here. Right? That's, a un- that's a unique situation. Okay. Yeah. Alan Hearns hasn't played in two years. No. That's probably not happening. T.Y. Right? You got Hilton. Deshaun Jackson had 20 catches. Nah. And he's just kind of a trick guy, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, one guy that caught my eye was – Adam Humphreys, he's only 29. He played last year for Washington. He had 41 catches. He's kind of a possession guy, right? He's not a guy that's going to stretch the field. And the the hard thing of losing Washington, the way they were using him, they were using him outside, not just a a slot guy. I didn't realize he was that big. Yeah. I mean, and so a lot of these guys that are available are just slot guys. You almost need somebody that can be versatile to do both. No, maybe you have to explore the trade because market you at could, some point. Well, some that's point. another thing. And, that's, and maybe that's more of a conversation as you get closer to the season, and teams yeah. have a better idea of what they want to do. You think you know? a lot of teams have too many receivers? No, I, I'm not. But I, I, Okay, fair point, but I think – you hit on backup tackle. I think that's a harder position to go find somebody yes. either on another well, team now. or a free agent than it is a wide receiver. Because yeah. the, there's so, some free agents out there with big names, but they're done. And they're backup done. tackle, you could argue that's a bigger need right now than filling out the receiver spot. Could be. It's, yeah. it's, so, it's, well, it's okay. It's not, but it's it's up there. That's it's, injury we did not talk about. Yeah. We, yeah. We've we've kind of hit on it, but we need to take a break. When we come back, though, another position that could potentially use some outside help. What's going on with the kickers? We're going to break that down when we come back with more Talking Cowboys. Little Sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. <laughs> 
The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more Essilor on Talkin' Cowboys. Guys, I found them. I got my SLOs back. Oh, you back. did? You got them? I, I got them back. Those are the ones? Those are the ones. I good. found them. Everybody, we're good. We're good. Everything's fine. Robbie, we need you to set that up. I need uh, another pair of SLOs. I do, too. Yeah? Yeah. 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 Mickey, oh, Mick, you want to hop in on that? Let's, Let's go, Let's all go together when we get back. Her brother. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> we have a nice field We can trip. get a family deal, Let's right? Go. Yeah, I love that. Uh, speaking of family, a couple fans of the shows tweeting at me during that last uh, segment about the wide receivers, Robert. He said, mark my words, Turpin will be the big surprise at receiver this year for the Cowboys. Kevin said, Cowboys need to bring in a wide receiver next week. Dak needs time with them to build a relationship. It's kind of what Isaiah was talking about. Uh, and then we've got a couple other questions. I think I'm going to save them for their ne- next episode the coming up on Friday. fan that had the greatest line when Turpin hit the field. He starts screaming, it's Turpin time! (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to hear Mickey say that in the press box at some point. Turpin time! If he makes the team. Turpin time! (laughs) And somebody somebody doesn't break them in two. Chris Beam said it'll be a headline (laughs) right up at the top. His life flashed before his eyes yesterday. He got popped pretty good. It's a mixed shot headline. It's Turpin time. All right, Mickey Spagnola, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, last couple minutes here of Talking Cowboys. I'm Kyle Yeomans, and let's talk about the kickers. Mick, you've brought it up on a couple of occasions. They have not necessarily shown out. Well, we've got a seesaw battle going when they do the eight kicks at the start of practice because on the first day they did it, Laram Hyraluha. Oh Try it again. Hyraluha. <laughs> Hyralahu. There you go. Hyralahu. Liram Hyralahu. Liram uh, made <laughs> seven of eight, and Garibay made four of eight. And then yesterday, Garibay made six of eight, and the last miss wasn't his fault. Uh, I don't know what happened with the snap, but he started, and the ball wasn't coming. He stopped, and then the ball came flat, and he missed. So 
Uh, I don't put that on him. But Liram struggled and made three of eight. So he went from seven of eight to three of eight. And then when they did the mojo moment kicks, <laughs> oh, my Lord. They, they got one. They got one. Liram got one. Yeah, one out of, out three. of three, right? And Garibay was 0 for 0 3. 0 for 3. And Kicking right into the wind. So they do this every year. Does that year. include the first practice of the Mojo Moments, too? Because they went 1 for 4 that they well, had right. trouble. I'm speaking to just Tuesday. We were okay, talking, yeah. talking I'm adding Monday in yes. there, too, because okay. they were only 1 of 4 total. But at least one hit the goal, po- the, the upright, right? That doesn't. Uh, you're from Chicago. You should know that's not necessarily a good th- thing. That's not good. You don't want to bank you it in. You don't want the double doink. Uh, <laughs> now. <laughs> Kickers have traditionally had trouble kicking the way they kick those first eight. It's into the wind. It's weird up there. But, again, you've got to kick a straight ball. When you kick and you've got a hook, then you're starting to go, okay, now i got to play. You know how you play golf and you think, okay, I see the wind. I'm going to compensate. And then nothing works right. Yep. you just got to go out there and kick it. Uh, Garibay on those mojo moments – it had nothing to do with the wind. He was kicking them. They would have got blocked, I think. They were coming off his foot low. Really low. And I'm not sure what happened to him. Uh, if it's like, okay, this is too much for me. You know, I got people in my face, and there's crowd, and everybody's cheering. But he, I think mentally he, he, he struggled. Can I ask you a question, Mick? You're a straightforward guy. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps it real. No. Would, would you feel more confident with Greg Zerline right now than you do with these two? <sighs> yeah, if I could have re-signed him for less money. Okay. I, which, I would. which would have been the conversation. And that's his... what they wanted to do. Yeah. Yep. And then the Jets screwed it up and paid him like he was a really good kicker last year. Mm. And he wasn't. But, no, you're right. Uh because you don't know what these guys are going to do. There's an unknown. Yeah. You know what to expect from Zerline, Facts. right? He's going to break your heart, but, you know, generally well, he'll make and, it. And he, may, and he may have, but you know it's what? If, if he hadn't had, what was it, back surgery last yep. spring? Groin, and I did, believe. Groin, uh, yeah. whatever, whatever it was. was. He didn't yeah. kick it. I think it was his back. He didn't kick it okay. all out here. It was his all. back. And he wasn't right. I don't know the entire season necessarily. I'm not making excuses for him, but I think it was a, a, a unique year for him. Yeah. It's a moot point now because he's on another team. They decided yeah. to go in another direction, but but I wonder if he's going to have a bounce back year where he's at. I didn't sure. like the fact that he didn't kick all training camp. Yeah, he had like what four attempts toward the back end. Hardly other. did he anything. Didn't, he didn't right? kick here at all. Yeah. But at not least, not in practice. At least at least none of the these guys were like the Jacksonville kicker that punked Dave Campbell. He missed so bad he hit Campbell in the head. And he got cut. That's a way to get cut. The next day. That's one way to do it. (laughs) It's just, I asked that question because there was no part of me, not even a little bit, that felt comfortable nor confident with the situation at the kicker position right now. And and if you look at what's available. Slim Pickens. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing like the offensive tackle thing. So So I asked the question. Yeah. How. Are you displeased with your kicker from the year before so you part ways for whatever reasons, right? Couldn't come to financial means, whatever. And then you, you, you go backwards. See, the ideal thing would it have been. Definitely in terms of experience, yes. The ideal thing would have been you keep Zerline, you bring in a young guy, yep. and let him Challenge compete. Have him and the then competition. compete, right? Yeah. And then you got a fallback. Right now, they don't have a fallback. Nope. And. 
as we saw last year, too many games came down to that final kick, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes, yeah, we ran off the field with our arms up in the air, and sometimes you're going, well, shoot. And where were they kicking from yesterday? Did you guys have those? Yes, I did. He's got them. So they started at the 38. (laughs) Uh, They both, uh, Garibay made both. Liram was one for two. Then they went to the 43. Garibay made both. Liram went one for two. And then they went to the 48. Garibay made one of two. Liram was 0 for two. And then they went to the 52, and they were both one for two. And the mojo moment kicks were from, for Liram, 49-54-59. Jonathan Garibay, 49-53-58. and 58. So and these, the one, the one shots. The, no, and, and the win was absolutely a factor yeah, because those are 50-plus kicks, and they're kicking directly into the win. Yeah. yeah. You're right. He didn't. Garibay did not strike the ball well, like we saw indoors in OTAs, where it was right. popping off his foot. Right. But yeah, I do think the win was somewhat of a factor. I'm not saying they're off to a good start by any stretch, but, but I think those it are was long a kicks, though. Those are long kicks. And, and, yeah. and they're you know, not one chip of the, shots. Yeah. No, and they're one not of the, PATs. One of the guys that's been here quite a while, he mentioned to me. Just just think back. He, he, he goes, Dan Bailey, as good as he was, had struggled here in training camp. Yeah. The other thing that's going on. That's not mentioned. Number one, the field's lumpy. So if you see before they kick, they're all looking for a flat spot to place the ball, right? I've never seen more, more, more time spent looking for a flat spot to place the ball. And number two, McQuaid's snaps are all over the place. All I can see was Talladega Nights. Got a right? lumpy butt. <laughs> but the, the, the big concern is McQuaid's snaps the operation. have been all over the place. Mm-hmm. High, yeah. low. So we're, yeah, we're not just talking outside. about Outside. You never had yeah, that you know, problem with LP, huh? Uh, no. Not really. Mm. Not really As a matter of fact, I don't want to hear mm. Vince Scully go, balls outside. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no. I want it right down the middle. Way well, to tie it all in together. I, li- I, like, I like it. I like I've got another yeah. quote here. Good is not good when better is expected. Mm. And that's from Vince Scully and – it's hard to say that the kickers have been good, period. But even if they were, that's still not enough because if you're the kicker for the Cowboys, better is expected. And, well, we've got a long way to go with so that So you want me to give situation. you one last Vin Scully story? Of course. My college roommate, we were talking last night, big baseball fan, uh, and he, he, uh, he said he remembered one game. Johnny Damon came to the plate. He couldn't remember if he was with – well, he'd been played with several teams, right? Yeah. Kansas City. Bounce around. Red Sox. Yankees. Red Sox, most he notably. Said, Damon comes to the plate, and Vince Scully takes one look at him, and he sees all this long hair out the back of his helmet, got a beard on, and he's going, What in the Yankees? Yeah, look at, look at this guy. You know, when he, he's got long hair, he's got a beard. He reminds me of somebody. And he goes, uh, and my, my, my roommate's going, oh, no, he's not going to say mm. he reminds me of J.C., right? <laughs> and, and, and he goes, and that's a ball, ball one. And he comes <laughs> back, and he goes, he goes, <laughs> well, I didn't know if I should that's say so, it, it's right? That's okay. We and, got and, it. And that's, he what, goes, that's what we call Charlie Whitehurst. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he 
he says he comes back, and Vin Scully goes, yeah, I know what he looks like. He looks like Charles Manson. Oh, <laughs> no. In a, uh, how many times? <laughs> Two opposite ends of the spectrum <laughs> here. In a, baseball, in a baseball broadcast, you get Charles Manson. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a great way to end it here on this edition of Talking Cowboys. We'll be back on Friday. Same crew. Isaiah will be back with us again, 9 a.m. Pacific time, 11 a.m. Central. For Chris Beam in the back, Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips, Mickey Spagnola, I'm Kyle. They let me back. Saying so long. <laughs> we'll see you next time on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!